Okay, let's jump into the Word. Are you ready? Come on, awesome. Let me just get my notes up. If you've got a, if you've got a Bible, I'd love for you to turn to, uh, to Matthew chapter 5. It'll come up on the screen uh, as well. Matthew chapter 5. And I, I want to uh, begin by reading just a part, a portion of a passage which is famously known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is uh, speaking to his disciples. And I just want to pick it up in, in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says this. I want you to take note of these words. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I've entitled this message, if you take notes or want to remember something from today, I've entitled this message, Would Somebody Turn On The Lights? Not, not here, but would, would somebody turn on the lights? Hey, hands up if you ever used to be scared of the dark. Maybe you still are. But were you ever, anyone here, just a, a number of hands? I, I was, my, 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 kids, my kids were, it's a constant battle, thank goodness, for, for uh, the, the hallway, hallway lights. You know, the, the, the thing about the dark is it can, it can bring out the worst fears in people. I don't know about you, but it can bring out irrational, uh, illogical fears. Like, you know, sometimes I get woken up in the middle of the night by a strange sound, and I kind of lie there. I'm too tired to get up and do anything about it because it's probably just the neighbor's cat. But I also start thinking, you know what? It could also be a deranged prison escapee trying to start a chainsaw on my roof. Does your mind go there in the night sometimes? You just, it just, it's, uh, it can be. It can be a little interesting. Uh, some, some years ago, before we had children, I remember that time, uh, Caroline and I, we, we were fast asleep uh, in bed, and we were woken by the sound of loud and aggressive male voices coming from what seemed to be inside our house. Someone was having an argument which seemed to be inside a house. So I leapt up out of the bed full of uh, adrenaline, I think armed with just a single drumstick. I, uh, I, made, I made my way down the dark hallway towards, towards this, this noise. And there's no doubt Caroline's praying in the bedroom for my safety uh, as, I, as I got closer to the source uh, of this noise, which seemed to be coming from, from my lounge. I, I began to, to recognize the voice. It, it, was the, it were the voices of, of Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. And they, were saying, they were saying, you want answers? I, I want the truth. I think I'm entitled. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. And I just thought, wait a second. I quickly detected that, that these voices were coming from our television. And, uh, and Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise weren't in our house, but... But it did little to alleviate my fear because there was still the unanswered question as to who, who was watching television in my lounge at 2 a.m. with the volume turned right up. And so as I rounded the hallway door and, and I peered into the, into the lounge there, sitting on my couch, illuminated from the glow of the TV and now staring back at me, 
was my dog who had had climbed up onto the couch, not allowed to do that, naughty dog, and then lay down on the television remote, turning it on and then turning it right up to, to, full, to full volume. It's like, oh, I told her to keep it down and then I went, I went back to bed. But um, man, the, the darkness can, can bring out irrational fears. And so, you know, my, my kids, particularly when, when they were young, they all slept with the hall light on and they had a nightlight. My mum told me recently I had a nightlight too because, you know, where there is, is light, it seems fear doesn't exist, right? When, when the lights are on, no one's afraid. No, no, one, no one is scared of the light. That, that would be absurd. That would be, that would be silly. And, and yet, interestingly, in the, in the Gospel of John, Jesus kind of suggests that, that people are, that there are, there are people who love the darkness in, instead of, of the light. Listen, listen to this in, in John 3.19. I want to read this from the message version. Hopefully nobody is offended uh, by the message version. In uh, my church back in Nelson, when we were there, we were only allowed to read from the message version once a month. And then that was it. You had to stick to a real Bible. Anyway, uh, John 3.19, Jesus says that this is the crisis we are in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women ran everywhere for the darkness. It, it says this is the crisis we, we are in. And I'm thinking about that and going, wow, you know, I, I think... Perhaps today we still have a bit of a crisis of, of people running into the shadows, don't we? Of, of people still living and, and hiding and cowering in, in, in the dark. That's still happening today. That's still relevant today. And so there is still such a need, therefore, for someone, for, for somebody to, to turn on the lights, to turn on the lights, to shine brightly, to flood the darkness with glorious light. You know, it's amazing in the scriptures about 700 years before Jesus came in Isaiah 49, 6, Jesus is, is prophesied. He's spoken as, of, as coming as a light to the Gentiles, to, to be our salvation to the ends of the earth. So even before he came, he was being spoken of as this great, great light. And then when Jesus did arrive, when he did come, it, it says in John 8, 12, that he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Then over in John 9, verse 5, we could keep just going with this. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Many, many times throughout the Gospels and prophesied about Jesus is this, is this idea that he, he is the light of the world. And then, and then as we read in that opening verse in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus now turns to you and I and, and he says, hey, listen, you are now the light of the world. You, you are the light of the world. Come on, so let your, your light so shine before men. And the reason why we can now shine is, is, of course, because it's Christ who is now in us. 
He, he is now in us. If you understand the Old Testament, everything God did was, was from the external, from the, from the outside in. It was, it was his, his light could only shine upon people. And, and those ones had to stay wherever God was to stay under, to under that light. You see it all through the Old Testament, like where, when the psalmist declared, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Everything was, was from the outside in. But now, now in the new covenant, in this, in this covenant of, of relationship and, and, and grace, everything God does is from the inside out. It's not the outside in, it's the, it's the, it's the inside out. It's not just Christ on you, but it's now Christ in you, the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, I don't think this will be on the screens, but it, it says this, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So he's in us. If you're a Christ follower, he, his, his light is in us. His light shines from us. It shines out of us. It's like We've swallowed a torch, but one that's on, right? And, and so now everywhere that you get to go, every, when you leave this place, everywhere you get to go, you get to shine that light of yours. This little light of mine. I've started way too high. It's not going to work out. I'll just, I'll just keep moving on. But you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. It's, it's his light, but, but you have to, you have to let, it, let it shine. And you know, I'm more and more con convinced that when I think about the state of our nation and all that needs to be, needs to be done and the darkness that might be out there, our, our nation is going to be transformed, not just through some political movement or a change of government, but our nation is going to be transformed when people like you and me recognize who it is that we carry on the inside and we let them shine out from us brightly. Sure, we're just earthen vessels, right? We're cracked pots. Some of us are a little more cracked than others. But, but we have this treasure in us, in these earthen vessels, to reveal his surpassing power, that bright, hope-filled light. It's not your light, it's his, but you get to turn the lights on. You get to turn on the lights. And there's a few things that you, you, you want to know. If you want to be a light shiner, if you want to be somebody who, who's turning on the lights, and I know we will all be doing this. This is just a, a reminder again today, but here's a few things we've got to know if, we, if we're going to effectively shine bright in, the, in, a, in a dark world. The first one is, is this. You have to be fully charged. Be fully charged. If you want to turn on the lights, make sure you are a fully charged torch. I remember years ago, uh, we were holidaying in the Coromandel, and there is a mine in a gorge or a tunnel that went right through the hillside, about a kilometer long. You, could, you walk in one side of the hill and you come out the other, but at the entrance to these, 
this cave or this mine shaft were just giant cave wetters everywhere. And as you got darker, you weren't too sure where they were exactly. They were there, and it was a narrow tunnel, and there was a thin plank of wood that you had to stand on and just, and just head toward the other side. And, and so we used, of course, a torch to guide our steps, but about 500 meters in, halfway through this, this mine shaft, the, 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 the torch batteries died. And we were in complete darkness apart from a tiny little dot uh, in, in, uh, in, in the distance. And so uh, we kept stepping off this thin plank and in, into the mud and near the walls of, of this tunnel. Do you know when you're walking in the dark, you need to make sure you've got a fully charged torch. Or you're, you're probably going to get off track. You're going you're gonna to end up stepping in the mud or getting, or getting mud on you. Someone once said this, the unending struggle for the Christian is to walk in the light and at the same time keep moving in the shadows. We've been called to walk in the light in dark places. For our, our light to be effective, we've got to be a fully charged torch. You, you have to be fully charged. Romans 12 verse 11 I love this. It says, never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive and serve the Lord with a fully charged light. John, John Wesley, the, the leader of the revival movement in, in the Church of England in the 18th century, he famously says, says this, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Don't be a Christ follower running on flat batteries. Be a fully charged one. Be, be charged up. Spend time with God. Know, know his word. Be part of a church community. Get involved. Get his light in you. Do all that you can to get his light on the inside of you. That, that's what this time is for, I, I believe. It's to, it's to charge you up. Charge your batteries. Your spiritual batteries or whatever that looks like. Bad analogy maybe, but... It's, it's, to, it's to charge you up, not to hype you up, but to fill you up with God's, God's power, to empower you, to get you ready, to fill you with His light so that you can really shine as you leave this place. Luke 11, verse 36, it says this in the New, Live, New Living Translation, If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Your whole being, your whole, whole being will be filled with his radiant, glorious light. You know, I, I pray when, when, when the church gets together, when we come in on a, on a Sunday and we're, we're together, these will be those times where we are refreshed and, and filled with his presence. And, and I pray that you're hungry to experience that. I've always seen this kind of gathering time like uh, to use a sporting analogy, like the stretch before the game. It's the warming up before we take the field. Guys, this is not the game. It's the locker room, right? This is the prep time. This is the time to, to warm up, to, to get, you know, looped up, get ready, get ready to, 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 uh, to go out there and, and get into on the field of life, if you will. And I guess the, the preacher's like your coach. This is the this is the pre-game pep talk. Are you ready to get out there? Make sure you're warmed up. Make sure you are warmed up. Make sure you are fully charged if you're going to be someone who turns on the light. And number two, number two, we have to be visible. 
You need to be seen. That light of yours needs to be, needs to be seen. Luke 8, 16, it's the same account, different verse. Jesus says, no one lights a lamp, hides it in a clay jar, or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. And so the, the light that we shine is supposed to be seen by others. God does not want you to be an undercover brother or an undercover sister, right? He's not calling you to, to be a covert Christian. He's calling you to be a visible one, a bright, shining one. I want to remind you today that the light in you shines brightest in the dark. That's where it's going to be visible, not in the light, in, in the dark. My, my son has one of these... Uh, little torches, I think, from McDonald's. And when you shine it on a wall, it, it shows the, I don't know what it is, like the Batman symbol or something. You know, it, it, and, and, but to, to, to get that torch to work effectively, he had to go into a dark room. And he had to then turn, turn on, on that torch. And when I think about Jesus and his ministry and his life, he was often questioned by the religious fraternity for spending so much time in the dark. So much time in dark places, hanging around with disreputable people. And they would accuse him constantly of being a drunkard or a glutton, yet he was neither of those things, of being a friend of tax collectors. Excuse me if you're an accountant. And no offense, I hope it's taken there. But, but Jesus, his response was to say, hey, listen, who needs, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? He said, I'm here for the sin sick, not the spiritually fit. In other words, Jesus is saying, my light, my fully charged light, my glorious radiant light is best needed where it's dark. And that's where I'll be. I'll be fully charged and I'll be shining bright in those places. And I'm here to remind you today, whatever you get up to outside of this space, as you go back to wherever it is you live and whatever it is that you do, your workplace, your recreational pursuits, your, your, your whanau time, your social connections, you've got to know they are all opportunities for you to turn on the light, to turn on his light. And I say this every time I preach in different places, the Holy Spirit is no more interested in gracing you with his power than he is when you leave this place. Think about it. He's no more excited to anoint you with his, with his empowerment when you are being sent, when you are going into those dark places. That's when it really counts. That's when he comes alive. That's where your light's going to shine, shine the brightest. So be fully charged. Be visible. Your light shines best in, in the dark. And number three, you've got to be attractive. You have to be attractive, but, but hear me, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not talking about how incredibly good looking you all are, although that is clearly apparent from, from here. I have a great view. But what I'm talking about when I, when I say the word attractive is this, the degree in which the light that you shine draws people toward or away from God. The light that you shine, does it compel people to come to him or does it push them, push them away? Are you attracting, drawing people to God by your light? It's funny how uh, moths are attracted 
to light, right? They'll, they'll jump in front of your car headlights and all sorts of insects. You're trying to clean them off your car in the morning or, or they'll dive bomb into, into uh, a fire. You know, they're like kamikaze insects. And I, I learned this recently that an insect's automatic attraction to or away from light, they can't help it. It's called phototaxis. And uh, cockroaches are an example of a negatively phototactic insect because they hate the light. That's why when you, they all live under your fridge, right? They, that's where they live. Uh, and anyway, moths are positively phototactic. Moths, moths are attracted. They're drawn to, to the light. And people were drawn to Jesus like moths to a flame. They thronged around him. They pressed him from all sides. Multitudes came and followed him and wanted to know what he had to say because there was something so compelling about Jesus. Such was the brightness of his light, the message that he carried, that, that people couldn't get enough of him because they realized there was something about him that they needed to know. And so what effect does your glow have on the world around you? What kind of response do people have to your brightness? Do you attract or repel people? Are people drawn, drawn to, to your light? Listen to this in, in Isaiah 60 verse 1. These are great words. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Does that sound like a light that draws or repels? That sounds like an attractive light, a light that is drawing in, a light that's arising, a shining, that causes the nations to come. Kings, kings to draw near to that, that great light. You see, the light that we shine, Christ in us, his, his light, it's, it's not supposed to just blend into the world. It's supposed to be contrast to it. We are contrast. We're called to be a contrast to the world. It's a different kind of light. It's a, it's a different message that we carry, that light in us. If you haven't noticed, it's a, it represents a different way. It represents a different kingdom. It's an upside down, back to front way to the world's way. The first shall be last. Love your enemies. Lay down your life. Serve others. It's a different kind of light, but I want to remind you that it's a light that your community, your neighborhood, the people in your, in your workplace, they desperately need to see and experience. They need to see your glow. They need to see you turning on those lights. And, and if, we want, if we want to join with God, if we want to partner with Him in storming the gates of hell and defeating darkness, we're going to have to reach those places and spaces in our community and turn on the lights. Everyone say, turn on the lights. Just keep those lights as they are. Just, you know what I mean. We're all part, every single one of us are part of, of this incredible adventure of being his representatives on the earth. And as the world may be, as it gets darker, we've got we to burn brighter. 
We've got, to be, we've got to be brighter. This, the scriptures are just so full of, of references to light and to, to his light and, and his light in us and his transforming light in us. You know, perhaps one of my favorite passages on this, on light, is found in the very, very first page of the Bible itself, right at the very beginning, the first few sentences. It's in Genesis 1, verse uh, verse one, and I'll begin to, to to wrap up with this. Maybe the keys the keys could come. Genesis chapter one, verse one. I'm going to land on verse three, but let me just give you the context and start at the very beginning. It says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters." Verse 3 says this, Then God said, these famous words, Let there be light. Let there be light. And, and there was light, it says. And God saw the light, that it was good. It was, it was good. The light was good. I you know, pondered this passage. And, and at the very beginning of the Bible, this, this passage that we've all read and know, listen, it's, it's still applicable today as it was in the context that it was written as our creation account. Because listen, friends, the Spirit of God is still hovering over the earth today. He's hovering over your neighborhoods and communities and where you live and where you work. He, he's, he's still looking at the darkness that is, is covering the earth today. Darkness over the face of the deep. He, he's, he's seeing the, the mess of people's lives and wow, the mess that we're, we're making around us. He's seeing the, the pain and the hurt and all the suffering. He's seeing the brokenhearted and the messed up and the mixed up. He's seeing the pursuit of pointless and meaningless things. And our fixation on the temporary. And just like he did in the very, very beginning, listen, he's still calling out to us today, hey, let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be, would somebody turn on the lights? Would you turn on the lights? You are the light of the world. So let your light shine before men. It's like God is saying, I need some, some light over here. Would somebody turn on the light? Need, I need someone to shine my light in, in that situation over, over here. Would someone illuminate that dark place? It desperately needs light. And, and then when God sees that, when he sees you be that light, when he sees you fully charged and, and visible and being, being contrast, he says, that's good. It's good. He sees the light and says this. This is a good thing. It's a good thing. Would you turn on the lights this week as you go from, from this place? Would you switch on the lights? Would you turn, turn the lights on? Turn to the person next to you and sing them that song. This little light of mine. Don't, don't do it. As you leave this place and as you go into your week, go fully charged. Go fully charged and make it a priority as you begin to just allow His light to, to fill you. Be, be visible as you go into this week. Be that contrast that will draw people to God. Why don't we stand 
just going to begin to close to close here. Let me just let me pray. God, I thank you that you are the light. We thank you for your glorious light shining upon us and thank you in us. Thank you for your treasure you've deposited in our hearts. Thank you for the light that you shine today. and Thank you that we can now be the light of the world. Listen to some of the things that, that are the result of his light falling on you. What does that look like, his light in you? It looks like this. It looks like hope flooding your life rather than despair. Thank you for your light. It, it's truth coming in the place of deceit. It's confidence instead of insecurity. It's, it's love in the place of bitterness. It's peace instead of fear. It's, it's joy in the place of distress. It's clarity where there is confusion. Thank you for your light. It's acceptance rather than rejection. It's his comfort instead of pain. It's, it's life instead of death. It's freedom, not confinement. His, his light looks like forgiveness in the place of judgment. It's self-worth in the place of shame. It's, it's the load lifted off your life. His light is your sins forgiven. It's your past forgotten and it's your future certain. That's what his light looks like when it comes in. Let him, let him shine. And so God, we, we pray, help us to walk in the light as you are in the light. Help us to be effective torches. May our batteries be fully charged at all time. May we make this the priority of our lives to burn for you and let others see. We thank you for drawing us into your glorious light and transforming us and continuing to do that from the inside, inside out. And maybe the, this morning, maybe you, you, you've never been introduced to the one who gives us this light, the Father of lights. The Bible says there is no shadow of turning. He's the giver of every good gift. And he gave his son Jesus for us as a light for our lives. Give your life to Christ. Let him flood the darkness with, with his love. I pray and ask him to come in, surrender to him, shed his light in your life, fill every place, every dark corner, and do that glorious work in us. Thank you, God, as we go from this place today. Let us walk in your light. Walk in your love. Shine brightly wherever it is we are. Rem remind us daily that we're the light to the world. We're the light to our community. We're the light to our homes, our workplaces. Wherever we are, we're going to let it shine. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, just remember, about to close the service, there is a prayer station to my right, left of the auditorium. Amazing people to pray with you, whatever your needs may be. I'm going to join you in believing for, for our breakthrough. Let me just pray a blessing over your life as you go. Put your hands in a, a receiving posture. Thank you, God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Service is over. Don't forget, switch on the lights this week. Have a great, great rest of your week.